Okay, good morning. We're going to carry on our series, What's So Amazing About Grace? And today I want us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. It's been great to be looking at the wonder, the wonderful grace of God uh, in so many different ways over recent weeks. Uh, and today we're going to look at serving one another. In a sense, looking at loving one another and being a people who are for one another. People who God has given gifts to, to serve each other. So let's read 1 Peter 4. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 7 uh, through to verse 11. 1 Peter 4 verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, Peter's again talking about living life in the light of Christ's return. That's what he's been kind of talking about in the, the, the preceding verses, living for God in this present age, in the light of Jesus returning, about him coming back and the end coming. As he starts here, the end of all things is near. He encourages them, be clear-minded, be alert. Be self-controlled so that you can pray. But then he goes on to say, above all, love one another deeply. This great theme, so prominent in so many of the letters of the New Testament and indeed the Gospels, love one another. This is the outworking of God's grace in our lives. Back at the beginning of the letter in 1, in 1 Peter 1, Peter's already said uh, in the in 1 Peter 1 verse 22, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Because you've been born again, because you've received the grace of God, this is what it means. This is a great outworking of that in your lives. You love one another. Oh, so love one another deeply from the heart. You've been purified. You've obeyed the truth. This is how it outworks. John, in his letters, is so often coming back to this theme. In 1 John uh, and chapter 3, we see first in verse 11. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Again in verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. In fact, in, in chapter 4, John uh, gets even stronger. In chapter 4 and verse 20, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. These things are so entwined. Our love for God, the grace of God that he's poured in us means... We have love for our brothers and sisters. Jesus himself, John may have been obviously calling this to mind. In his gospel, John 13, verse 35, Jesus says this, by, everyone, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. 
See, this is such a big theme that we love one another. As you see, Peter goes on uh, to talk a bit about offering hospitality to one another. He goes on to talk about speaking and serving, but he focuses here. Verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. And he's showing us in this context, you've been saved, you've received God's grace, you're living in the grace of God. Love one another and use what you have received, whatever gift you've received, to serve others. He introduces this sense, God has given gifts. God has given us gifts to serve others for his glory. That's what we're going to look at today. God has given us gifts to serve others for his glory. So let's look at that first. God has given us gifts. We love getting gifts. This one maybe doesn't look too impressive. It's quite dull. It's not the most brightest wrapping paper, but getting gifts is a wonderful thing. And we're told here, each of you should use whatever gift you've received. God gives good gifts. You see, Peter's drawing attention to the fact that our talents, our skills, our abilities, as well as what we may more tightly define as gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts are exactly that. They're gifts, gifts from God. See, gifts are gifts, they're given. They're not earned or uh, they're not wages for doing a job. A gift is a gift. Gift is not earned by our inherent brilliance or, or because we've done something that makes us worthy. It's the grace of God again. Whatever we're good at, all our skills and ability, we may have worked very hard, but God has given us these gifts. And as Peter puts it here, in using the gifts he has given, we are being good stewards of God's grace in its various forms. See, God is a generous and abundant father. You see, in elsewhere in scripture, we're encouraged to ask. We're encouraged to come to him and ask. He's an abundant, generous father who will give to his children. In Luke 11, very famous words come straight after the Lord's prayer. And in Luke 11, verse 9, these famous words. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And he goes on to talk about earthly fathers. You fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, you won't give him a snake. If he asks you for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? And this is his point. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? to those who ask him. God is a generous, abundant God. He's a wonderful father who gives good gifts to his children. We're, we're encouraged. Paul encourages us in 1 Corinthians to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the body, the body of Christ. We are one body and many parts, one body, but it's one spirit who joins us together. And in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31, he kind of rounds up that passage by saying, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire. God loves to give. And in chapter 14, specifically says, eagerly desire to prophesy. 
There's a right sense of desiring and asking and coming to God. Eagerly desire the greater gifts. A desire for prophecy, for example, is a great thing. But recognise what Peter is saying here. Whatever gift you've been given, whatever you've been given by God, use it to serve one another. He talks here, Peter doesn't mention prophecy or any of those kind of gifts. He talks very generally about hospitality. He talks in a general sense about speaking and a general sense about serving. Peter's making the point God gives all sorts of gifts, all sorts of talents and abilities. He makes each one of us different as part of the body of Christ. That's what the message of 1 Corinthians 12 is that we just looked at. God gifts us in different ways, makes each of us different, all different parts of the body, but all important and all have a part to play in serving one another. So Paul in that passage does conclude, yes, eagerly desire the greater gifts, be eager, but don't forget, this is the important point. You are all part of the same body. You all have a part to play. God has given you all gifts to use. You see body parts, the parts of our body, some seem very obvious what they're for. If we're talking about walking, we know we need our feet and our legs. It's really obvious. We start walking about, it's our feet and our legs which appear to be doing most of the work, but obviously other muscles, our core, and other muscles are involved, other parts of our body. We wouldn't immediately think, well, our inner ear, that's really important to walking. But actually our inner ear, and uh, you might see my wonderful drawing a picture of this, every picture I've seen, it looks a bit like a, the, the inner ear seems to look like a bit of a tiny snail uh, with some loops sticking out of the top of its head. Make of that what you will, you can look up pictures afterwards. Uh, you might have seen my uh, wonderful drawing of it there. But it's a tiny little part of right inside our ear, but it's really vital in sending signals to our brain to help us to balance. And if we can't balance very well, it's not very easy to walk. But we wouldn't obviously think, oh, the ear, that's the thing that's really important for walking. Some parts that seem obscure, that seem to not have an ob the most obvious role are absolutely vital. Every part of our body is important. And that's the point Paul is making in 1 Corinthians 12. So all sorts of parts, all have a part to play that is really important. And similarly with the church, it's so easy to think, oh, what's important in the church? Maybe a preacher or a worship leader, or a prophet, a life group leader, that's what matters. Or maybe in the world, uh, a doctor saving lives, a government advisor, a teacher, they're all important things. But Peter and Paul, Peter here and Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 and elsewhere are encouraging here, no, don't think like that. Each one is important. Each one has a part to play. Use what has been given you. Each of you is important in the body of Christ. God gives good gifts to his children. He gives gifts so that we can serve others, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God has given gifts. We're encouraged to eagerly desire gifts, eagerly desire to prophesy, for example, but why? So we can be special, 
so we can make a name for ourselves so we can benefit and we can be more comfortable and we can have a better place or a better position no not at all use whatever gift you've been given to serve others you see we're drawn to Jesus's example it's written down in John chapter 13 Jesus at that last supper he gets down from the table he gets some water and a towel and he washes his disciples feet the lowliest job and then he encourages them to do the same serve one another serve one another love one another your brothers you're not trying to jostle for position and be the top dog to be the one who everyone else serves you see elsewhere in scripture it says the desire to be an elder is a good thing but not for position or status but to serve to serve the people of god and see peter here is saying god has given good gifts but this is your attitude it's an attitude of humility as paul again takes up that refrain in romans chapter 12 very similar passage picks up very similar themes to that 1 Corinthians passage 1 Corinthians 12 but in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 it says for the by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others we've got different gifts according to the grace given us and he goes on to describe some of the gifts there but what's his point don't think of yourself more highly than you ought we all have a part to play we're all part of the body of christ serve humbly with what god has given you not jostling for status not jostling for position or looking for our own benefit but looking to serve one another this message keeps coming we're a body together. The gifts that God has given us, those abilities and talents and, and spiritual gifts that God has put in us or is encouraging us to seek after, they're given for the benefit of all of us, of the body as the whole of the wider world. Working together, the body of Christ, each part playing its part. Not trying to think, well, I'm a foot, I can get on with walking. Remember you need all the other parts. You need that little part of the inner ear to help you balance. Our attitude is not to be looking for our own selfish gain, but to bless, to encourage, to help, and to challenge one another in our walks with Christ. To serve one another and to serve those around us, to serve the marginalized and the poor in our communities. Use whatever gift you have, been, you have received to serve others. And you see that God's given us gifts, yes, to serve others. And it's for his glory. He goes on in verse 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. 
If anyone speaks, and in so many different ways we all have a place to speak, whether we're witnessing to a neighbour, whether we're speaking up for what is right at work, whether we're preaching, in whatever form, if anyone speaks, remember, it's God who's giving us the words. If anyone serves, we've all got a place to serve. Do so in the strength that God has given us. Again, Peter's drawing us to the, to the point, it's God who enables us. It's God's grace that's at work in us. Whatever he's given us, it's him who's given it us. He gives us the strength. He gives us the words. Let's keep coming back to that. God, it's you who enables me. This isn't me somehow doing something. God, you are enabling me. So Lord, I want you to get all the glory. As Peter goes on to say there, so that in all things God may be praised. Not that we get the praise, that God gets the praise through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. So what do we take from this? God has given gifts that we may serve each other for his glory. Each of us should use whatever gift we've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God gives good gifts to his children by his grace. He pours out his Holy Spirit into us. He fills us and outworks, and that outworks in so many different ways. It's one spirit, but the body has many parts, but it's one body that comes together all got different parts to play, all got different skills and talents and gifts that God wants to use for his glory. So I want to bring a challenge today. It's for his glory. For some of us, maybe we need to hear this again. It's for his glory, it's for others' benefit. It's not at any point for our own esteem or our acceptance, or our benefit, or our comfort. The challenge is, what's our attitude? You see, Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 13, after he's spoken about the body and all the parts working together, and yes, eagerly desire the greater gifts, but then he says this, I could speak in tongues of men and angels, I could do incredible things. But without love, I'd just be a clanging gong or a crashing cymbal. Just noise. The challenge for us is, let's not seek position or praise, but let's continue in love to serve the body for his glory. Maybe that's a particular challenge for, maybe some of us who have uh, roles that put us in a more upfront position. It'd be so easy to get drawn into, drawn into a sense of being puffed up. No. It's for his glory and for the body to benefit. Because ultimately it's not about how impressive our gift is. But let's have a heart to serve, to humbly love one another. But more so I want to bring an encouragement today. The Lord loves to give good gifts. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received. There's an implication that God gives gifts to his children. God doesn't just go, oh, well, this one can have, can have a gift, but I'm not, I haven't given anything to the rest of you. God gives good gifts to his children. 
the encouragement is for each of you to use what he has given. And I want to encourage those who feel, I don't really feel like I've got anything. What's the, maybe even what's the point for me? I was reminded as I was thinking of these verses of that kind of famous Christmas time film, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life tells the story of George Bailey, who doesn't really, doesn't understand what an impact he's had with his life. He's not, as far as he's concerned, done anything big or made a massive success of himself. And yet, in so many different ways that he couldn't really have imagined, he's changed the course of a whole town in reality. And he gets shown this uh, at a point of despair where he feels like it would be better if I'd never been born. When he realises, look what's been happening through your life. Look at the little things that you didn't realise made a massive difference. This week, uh, many of you will have known or known of uh, or will have heard that Ravi Zacharias died. I listened to his testimony. And uh, Ravi Zacharias has spoken in front of thousands of people. He's spoken to important leaders and, and all sorts of different situations had a massive impact in Christian apologetics and, and in so many ways. And he tells his testimony about the fact that as a 17-year-old, he tried to commit suicide. In that moment, we suddenly realised this wasn't a good idea. It's one of the servants in the house who managed to rescue him and get him to hospital. And in the hospital, there's a man called Fred David who comes to him. And just knew he had to come he had to give him a Bible and read a piece of scripture. And Fred David said a few years ago, uh, he said to Ravi Zacharias, if this was the only reason I came into the world to bring you a Bible, it's enough. Looking back on it, seeing maybe this small thing had a massive impact. Don't underestimate the fact that God has a part for you to play. It may not obviously be worked out and you see, oh man, because I spoke to that guy, look at what he's done now. You could look at Moses' parents. We see in Hebrews 11:23, by faith they hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, but they can't, can't necessarily have known all that was gonna happen. And they were not afraid of the king's edict, but their part to play was this, we're gonna hide Moses. Moses, he led the people out of, of Egypt. But his parents had a massive part to play. Humbly serving. We're hiding our child. We're not going to be afraid of the king. We're going to do that. We're going to keep going in the face of this persecution. And look what happened. You might think what you've got is incredibly small. In this packet, there's some seeds. They're tiny. You might see a Picture, if I hold them in my hand, you might see a picture right now. They are tiny seeds. But these particular ones, they'll grow up into rocket plants. They'll produce loads of lettuce that we can eat. You might think, what I've got is so small. And in fact, I've got some of these planted in my garden. We didn't know what was going to happen when they, plant, when they were planted. Let me encourage you. God is a generous father. 
He gives good gifts to his children. God can and does use you. If you're thinking, sitting there thinking, I don't have any gifts. Or if I do, I don't really know what they are. Or I feel useless at the moment. Keep loving and keep serving. Keep praying. Keep bringing those quiet words of encouragement. Keep baking cakes. Keep making face masks. Keep being who you are in Christ and seeking him. Because you don't know what those things are going to lead to or how you might have encouraged someone even this week. You see, Peter gives no mention of the result. Serve, keep serving. Our job is to use what God has given us to serve and to love others and to trust him. It's the grace of God outworked through us. Let's keep going in walking in the grace of God, serving others with the gifts that God has given us. Amen.